Well, today we got a uh, special guest bringing the word today, and some of you might know him because he comes, uh, he's been friends with Pastor Jeff and our family for a long time, and uh, about, I'm going to say the years wrong, but 12-ish years ago, Pastor Jeff started City Life Church from Pastor Jim's La Iglesia en el Camino, and uh, this brother was part of our church at the very beginning at City Life, and he started his own church out of City Life. It is called the Path Church LA, and uh, he is a friend of our church. He is a brother in Christ. He loves our church, Viva Church, and I want you to welcome up with me Pastor Jerson Garcia as he comes up and brings the word. Bless you, brother. Good morning. Good morning. You know, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so happy um, to be able to worship with you guys and experience God's presence with you. So good to see familiar faces, um, City Life folks. Uh, um, so happy to be. I was in the trenches with you. Get up at 6 in the morning, show up at the storage, and load up the truck, you know, and you'd be with a smile. <laughs> it was great, you know, I, I, um, I, I look at those memories with, with a lot of fondness, and I'm happy to be here with, with all of you today, and I'm happy to share God's word with you. I'm going to ask that you open your Bibles with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. The book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. And I'm going to ask that you help me preach today. I might ask you from time to time to help me preach it to your neighbor. You guys ready? You can help me with that. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, God's word says, by faith. Can somebody say by faith? By faith, by faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith... Abel still speaks today, even though he is dead. We're going to unpack this in just a little bit. We're going to look at Abel's story a little more in depth. But I wonder, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than his brother Cain did. There was a place that was designated for them to go worship. There was a time that was set aside for them to go worship. Cain's worship wasn't acceptable to the Lord, but Abel's was. What was it? Was it maybe Cain sang out a key? He wasn't hitting the notes right. Maybe his, the volume on his mic wasn't quite right. He didn't sound right on the stream. What was it that caused the Lord to reject Cain's offering? So we're going to unpack that in just a little bit, but first... I'm going to invite you to pray with me. So I'll pray together. Lord, thank you again for our time this morning. Thank you for everything you're doing in this church. Thank you for your presence, for this amazing time in worship. Thank you for being with us, Lord. And Father, as we dive into scripture, as we unpack your word, Lord, we pray that you would open up our ears and our hearts to receive everything that you have for us, Lord. Lead us, Father, change us by your word. And Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. and God's people said, Amen. Amen. So um, I've been married 
14 years, super grateful. And uh, I have two little girls, a two-year-old named Zoe and uh, a seven-year-old named Sarah. When I was with you guys, I didn't have kids yet. And um, around that time, there were a lot of families here who already had kids, and they were encouraging my wife. And I, come on, man, you got to get going. You were right. It's been a blessing. It's been a, <laughs> it's been a really good time. This past 15 years with my wife has been amazing. I'm getting to know her more and more every day. But early on in our marriage, I would strike out often when it was time to get her presents. How many married men do we have in the house here? How many of you guys are great at giving presents? Okay. It, I struggled. I tried, but this one time saved up some, some of my money, went to the mall, and I got this beautiful bracelet that I thought would be, I thought it was amazing. Also because the salesperson told me it was amazing. <laughs> the salesperson said, yeah, your wife is going to love this one. Here's this more expensive one that she's going to love even more. I said, well, I can't get that one, but, you know, I'll take your first suggestion. So I buy this present. I wrap it up. I take it to her. I give it to her. I'm excited. She op- you know, she's very happy because she loves presents. How many here love presents? Extremely happy. Things are going really well. She's unpacking that present. Um, Her eyes are lighting up, and then she sees the bracelet, and she looks away. She says, thank you. Like, what, you don't like it? Yeah. (laughs) It's really nice. Thank you. I love it. But I knew she didn't like it, right? So we had to return it. I don't like that whole process of returning stuff. So we had to return it. I finally got her a gift. And this went on for a couple of years. And then she started leaving me hints. Any women do that here? I find stuff in the refrigerator. All of a sudden, I see a cutout of a beautiful dress. Like, well, I wonder, I wonder what this is. Beautiful dress hanging on the refrigerator door or... You know, just I'd get a, a, a random email forwarded to me, and she started li- uh, leaving me hints, so I knew the right thing to get her, right? So, uh, you know, I got her the dress that she wanted. She said, oh, my gosh, how did you know? <laughs> how did you figure? <laughs> how did you know? You know, she accepted that gift gladly. Then I started, started recruiting help. I asked her, her sister what she liked, and, you know, over the years, I've gotten better, and I... And, now I understand more or less what she likes, for the most part. And uh, um, in the passage that we read, Cain and Abel, they bring an offering to the Lord. Cain's is rejected, and Abel's, Abel's is accepted. What is the difference? What happened here? We read that by faith, Abel brought God a better offering. Worship often requires faith to tell the Lord that he's good when things aren't good, to continue to praise God when you just got laid off or when you got the bad news about someone in your family being sick, when your relationships go bad, when maybe your kids aren't at their best, when you're struggling and you can still say, God, you're, you're great, you're a good God, you're a faithful God, your goodness transcends the difficulty and my challenge your difficulty transcends, I mean, your goodness transcends any challenge that I'm facing now, Lord. You're a great faith. 
you know, produces that type of worship. Where you can say, Lord, you are good. We read, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain. When we read Abel's story, and I'm going to ask that you go with me to Genesis chapter 4. We read that Abel is among the first men that are born into sin. His parents, Adam and Eve, they had fellowship with God. They were in the garden. They had unhindered communication with the Lord. We read that Adam walked with the Lord in the cool of day. But Abel doesn't experience this. When Abel's born, the fall had already happened. And we read that he was a man of faith. So Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 to 5, we read that Adam, you guys there? Made it? Yes. We read that Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. And she said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. And in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor, with favor on Abel in his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. So both of these young men, Cain and Abel, they're siblings. They both grew up with parents who knew the Lord. You know, um, we know that Adam and Eve, they, they were created by God, married by God. They walked with God. These kids, Adam and Abel, they weren't born in an atheistic or humanistic environment. But they were raised in a theistic environment. They were raised with parents who knew the Lord. And we read that in the course of time, they brought their offering, brought their worship to the Lord. So we see here that there was a prescribed time for worship. There was a prescribed place of worship. And there was a prescribed way of worshiping. Cain's was rejected and Abel's was accepted. One of the boys worshiped God the way that God wanted to be worshiped. And the other did not. So I wonder what it's like to be a, an Abel-type worshiper or a Cain-type worshiper. And we don't want to be the Cain-type worshipers. And that's my heart behind this message today. That if you find yourself to be a Cain-type worshiper, that you would jump ship and say, I don't want to worship like Cain did. I want to worship the Lord the way that he wants me to worship him. I want to bring the Lord the types of gifts that he deserves, the gifts that he wants, the worship that he wants. I don't want to do it my way. Cain worshiped the Lord his own way. Abel worshiped the Lord the way that the Lord wanted him to worship. What does that look like when you have two people? Maybe we, let's, let's imagine for a second that it's a worship service. It's two people. They set a time, 11 a.m. Sunday. I'm ready, baby. Let's go. I'm counting down the days. Let's, let's roll. 11 a.m., 
set the time, set the place, be the church. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> be the church, 11 a.m. I show up. Both people, they come to the Lord. They both bring their worship. They both bring their offering. One is acceptable to the Lord. The other one isn't. They're singing the same songs. It's the same worship team that's leading them. We're in the same place. One is accepted and one is not. One is accepted, one is not. Is it possible to worship God and have your worship rejected? Imagine for God to say at the end of the service, I'm sorry, but you wasted your time this morning. And uh, I, can't, I can't accept your worship today. So both of these guys believe neither one of them was an athe atheist. Both Cain and Abel wanted the presence of God, and they both wanted to be accepted by God. They both wanted it. In fact, even though Cain didn't bring forth the best offering, we read that Cain was upset when his offering was rejected. Cain ran into a problem that a lot of us run into, and that's when we want to worship God our own way and not the way that God wants us to worship him. Are you still with me? Right. So what was wrong with Cain's offering? Maybe the Lord didn't like tomatoes. Right. We didn't like vegetables. We didn't like vegans. What, you know, what was it? Right. We read that Cain brought an offering from the fruit of the ground. Abel brought his first fruits of the flock and their fat portion. God regarded Abel's offering, not Cain's offering. So what was wrong with it? Cain, we read that Cain was a hard worker. He toiled the ground. And he, he brings it to the Lord and says, here you go. The Lord says, no. What does Cain say? But God, I worked so hard for it. I brought it for you. I drove all this way. I made my way through traffic. I'm here. I brought it for you. What's wrong? I brought this for you. Abel brings the firstborn of his flock, and the Lord accepts it. No, it's redundant, but I'm going somewhere with this. So Abel came there at the altar. And there was no regard for Cain's offering. You know, as we, as we look at the story, um, as we continue to read the Bible, and in the book of Leviticus, we read that there was um, a sin offering required animal sacrifice. And the fruit offering, vegetable offering, was a thank you, was a thank you type of offering. Cain brought an offering to God without dealing with his sin the right way. So they both come to the Lord, but Cain hadn't dealt with his sin yet. Abel, on the other hand, brought an animal sacrifice, the shedding of blood, to make atonement for his sin. A lot of times we want to come, we want to worship the Lord, but we haven't dealt with our sin yet. We leave this place and go back to the very sin that Jesus died on the cross for. Um, when we, were, we were sitting in the green room a little while ago with Pastor Evelyn and um, or Jaime. And, uh, you know, we were talking about how we met. Right? How do you know Pastor Jeff? And Evelyn asked, 
Pastor Evelyn asked, hey, how did you meet Pastor Jeff? And they were looking back. And they said, I met him at a club. I met him at a club. And uh, it was a book club. <laughs> he was a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor. And around the time, the Lord put it in his heart to gather a bunch of youth pastors from the valley. So we'd read a book once a month, and then we'd get together for breakfast at Hometown Buffet. You guys remember that place? <laughs> we'd get together at Hometown Buffet, and we'd talk about the books and uh, what God was doing in our lives. And the first book that we read was a book called True Faced. The subtitle of the book was, and some of you may have read it, said, God giveth you one face and you giveth yourself another. Um, so we got together, we read that, and it was very profound. I was a new youth pastor at the time. And um, around that time, I had, um, when I'd go to church, we a youth pastor. I would buy the biggest tie that I could find at Sears for $9.99, right? The biggest, the biggest tie, and I had the biggest Bible, leather bound with my name on it. It was huge, like half the size of this table, right? And I'd walk around thick, right? Um, because I grew up in a church where a lot of people hid the stuff that was going on in their lives. So there, there, it wasn't really a place of healing. So people put on a facade. They'd cover themselves up. Right? They would pretend that everything was okay when it really wasn't. So my hope was that now that I have a youth pastor title and the all eyes are on me now, that maybe if my tie was big enough and my Bible was big enough, nobody would notice some of the bad things in my life. I knew that I was redeemed. I knew that God had forgiven me. I knew the Lord that I served. But there was still this shame that I thought that I had to cover and I had to pretend. And I knew all the Christian language. My brother, my beloved brother, blessed art thou today, right? I'm exaggerating, right? So I knew all the Christian language, right? Hoping somehow that I could cover up my past. We got together and we read that book. I realized that I didn't need to do that because Jesus died for our sins and he covers us. So Cain and Abel, his parents, when they're in the garden, when they sin, they, they're, they're embarrassed. There's, um, they carry this shame with them. So we read that they pick up leaves and they start to cover themselves with the leaves that they find. But the Lord comes and finds them that way. And then he provides a better covering for their bodies where they don't need to use those leaves anymore. But he provides them with clothing with animal skin that they can now cover themselves with. There was a better way. And we read for the first time that there was blood that was shed. An innocent animal lost their life for them to be covered. When they try to cover their sins their own way, God says, I have a better way to cover your sins. Sometimes we try to cover sins our way. We try to hide it. We try to bury it. I was trying to hide stuff with a big tie and a big Bible hoping that people wouldn't see through me. We try to hide things. Don't tell the kids. You know, I had a, a couple of uncomfortable situations at funerals where stuff came out and people were embarrassed. Oh, my goodness. Because they were trying their best to sweep things under the rug. Right? They were covering stuff up. Right? We may try to cover things, but the Lord has a better way of covering things. Are you still with me? So the Lord says to Cain, you want to worship me without dealing with sin. 
You want to come into my presence without dealing with your rebellion. You don't want to deal with the very things that keep you apart from me, that keep you estranged from me. You just want to show up. You want to skip sin, and you want, you want me to be happy. How can they accept your worship when you're refusing to do things my way without addressing these? Let's, let's deal with these things. Right? The whole reason Jesus died on the cross was because of our sin and our need for atonement. When Abel worshipped, he worshipped in a way where he acknowledged the reality of his sin. He knew the need for forgiveness in order to be accepted by a holy God. So Cain-type worship is the type when you don't give God what he asked for, and you insist on giving God what you want and doing things your way. And you challenge God's integrity with your worship. Abel took the first, took the first fruit of his flock and brought it to the Lord. He didn't bring junk or leftovers. He found something juicy, something valuable to give to the Lord. Cain's worship wasn't based on faith. Right? So God says that it's unacceptable. Abel did it the way that God wanted him to do it. He, he brought an offering that was acceptable to God. Are you still with me here this morning? Um, um, in verse 5 in Genesis chapter 4, we read that Cain and, um, Cain and his offering, the Lord did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. We read that his emotions were down. Um, verse 6, we keep reading, we see that the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. When Cain didn't do what was right, his emotions took over. And sin was crouching, ready to take him down, ready to devour, to devour him. He was upset. And ultimately, as you continue to read the story, we find that Cain killed his brother Abel just out of anger, jealousy. These emotions got the best got the best of him. You know, as I was preparing for this, and I'm asking the Lord, okay, God, what do, you, what do you have for me, the church? Help me not to butcher the message that you have for this amazing church. You know, um, when we read this passage in the New King James Version, we see that the Lord, when he receives Cain's, when the, Cain's offering comes to him, New King James says, the Lord did not respect that offering. Somebody say respect. Right. He didn't respect the offering, and he didn't respect Cain. When Abel's offering comes, we see that the Lord respected the offering, and he respected Cain. That word, when you look into it, it's pretty big. The Lord looked at that offering with respect, and the other offering, there was no respect. So what does this look like? You know, I was sharing that funny story with you about my wife earlier when I'd bring her these presents that I thought were amazing and she'd kind of look away. And that's exactly what the Lord does. When the Lord, when the Lord sees Cain's offering, he does this. He looks away. 
you know, he turns his face from the person that's bringing the offering. And um, we see this all throughout scripture where the Lord turns his face against his enemies. Then we read about men of God, men like Moses, where the Lord turns his face towards him, where God turns his face towards his people. But here, Cain's offering, the Lord looks away. Think about how hard that is to think that the Lord would look away from you. Bear with me, I'm going somewhere with this. When Jesus is on the cross, think about this. The Lord shines his, what a blessing to say the Lord shines his face upon you. And how difficult it is when the Lord turns his face against his enemies or turns away. When Jesus is hanging on the cross, when Jesus is hanging on the cross, he says, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Lord, why have you forsaken me? At that moment, the Lord turns his face away from Jesus. It looks away from him. Jesus experiences the wrath of God in that moment. Just think about that for a minute. The son of God, he's hanging on that cross. And the Lord turns his face away from him. And then Jesus cries out and says, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? And we read, as, we can, as you know the story, Jesus dies, right? And he, he sheds his blood for our sin. Jesus died, he shed his blood for our sin. That is the only way for us to come to the Father. Jesus is to be at the center of our worship. He's the focus of our worship. We can stand before a holy God and praise him and lift our hands and experience him and enjoy him because Jesus paid the price for your sin and for, and for my sin. We don't need to figure out a way. If you're here today and you're thinking you got to figure out a way to make yourself right with God, you're thinking maybe you have to do follow a certain amount of steps or 12 steps or there's certain relationships that maybe you think that you need to fix on your own. The answer is Jesus. You don't, need to, you, don't, you don't need to fix things on your own. You don't need to, you know, I don't know about you, but when I try to fix things on my own, I make them worse. I try to fix relationships without Jesus, or I'll try to fix my finances without Jesus. You get in trouble when you do those things. Right? But when you bring your life to the Lord, when you bring him everything, you bring him your relationships, you come to the Lord and worship and say, God, look at these things. You know, the Lord looks at the heart. Right? That's what he's looking at. More than how your amazing ability to sing or your offering or the check that you sign. What he's looking at is he's looking at your heart. So we can come to the Lord in confidence because of what Jesus has done for us. God's word says that because of his sacrifice, we can come confidently before the throne of grace to find grace and mercy in time of need. So we can come before the Lord, but the Jesus way. It's only by the blood of Jesus that we can come before the Lord. It's only by the blood, the blood that was shed for us, his perfect sacrifice. Church, you don't need to fix things on your own. You can just bring it to the Lord. 
No matter how bad your relationships might be or how, how bad your circumstance might be, you can come honestly before the Lord. You can give it to him. Say, God, look at me. Something's broken with me. Father, look at these relationships. Lord, they're broken. Will you bring healing? Lord, I don't want to come to you pretending like things are perfect. I don't want to come to you in worship and lift, lift my hands to you when, you know, I've just mistreated my wife, when I've just mistreated my kids. Lord, there's things that are wrong with me. Lord, heal me. The Lord sees that. He accepts you. He forgives you. He brings healing to you, brings healing to the depth of your heart, the depth of your mind. As Jordan was praying today, I was so blessed. For God to heal our mind, for God to heal our heart. The Lord is able. The Lord is able to forgive. Your sin isn't too big. Your condition isn't too terrible. The blood of Jesus is sufficient to bring healing. You don't need to pretend. You don't need to hide. Just got to come before the Lord and say, I'm here. Lord, I'm here. I'm going to invite you guys to stand with me as we, as we bring this to a close. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, this morning we, we thank you for your perfect sacrifice, for the blood that was shed for our sins. Thank you, Father, because you are able, Lord. You remove the filth from our lives. You remove all sin. You remove all impurity. Lord, your word says that you remove all sin and you you, you cleanse us. You make us pure, as white as snow. Father, your word says that you take our sin far from us, Lord. Father, your word also tells us that you give us the righteousness of Jesus. Father, you have canceled our debt, all of the wrongdoing, Lord. You have canceled it. Lord, every sin, Father, you paid for it. Every broken relationship, Lord, every loss, Jesus, you paid for it. You paid for it. All of our wrongdoings, Lord, you saw every wrong turn. Father, you saw every mistake. You knew the things that we would do wrong. But, Lord, you paid for it with your blood, with the precious blood of Jesus, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your healing. We thank you, Lord for moving in our lives. We thank you for your patience. We thank you for your goodness, Father. Thank you for moving in our lives, Lord. Thank you for restoring. Thank you, Lord, for letting us come before you, for letting us enjoy you. Thank you, Lord, that we don't need to pretend. Lord, as we wrap, Father, I pray your blessing over every person here, your blessing over this church, your blessing over every family, every relationship, my God. Your blessing over every ministry. Your, I pray, Father, you continue to pour out your goodness, your favor, your love over this place, my God. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.